writing maybe two books, getting them out, getting one out there, and then about the time you're releasing the second one, you're finishing the third. So in a very short order of time, you've got three out there with a fourth one coming. Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we discuss meaningful ways to get better results with your author business. Today's show is all about series fiction. More specifically, publishing a second or third series in a different genre. When we last spoke with indie author Mike Farisee, he mentioned The Corridor Man, a yet-to-be-published and much different new series he planned to release in the fall, and that was last fall. Well, that series is now up to four books, and Mike has learned a few things about writing a second series in a different genre, and he'll share that with us today. If you're not familiar with Mike... He's best known for his popular Dev Haskell PI series, which currently stands at 14 books. He's built a wide-reaching audience for the series, which features a great deal of humor. As you'll hear during the interview, the Corridor Man series is much grittier than the Dev series, which presented some specific branding and marketing challenges for the books. We'll get into some of those challenges and what Mike learned from dealing with them during today's show, as well as topics like email lists, author websites, bookbub, and even audiobooks. As always, we'll have show notes for everything we mentioned during the interview at theauthorbiz.com, where you can also sign up for the AuthorBiz email list. Are you on the list? If you are, great, thanks. But if you're not, it's a great way to be notified when new shows are released. It's also the place where I share author-related news that you may have missed during the previous week. On a personal note, I'm continuing to make progress on Reno's Debt, which I'm planning to release this fall. And while that's keeping my butt in the chair for long periods of time, I'm also taking the advice we all heard from Colleen M. Story a few weeks ago to get up and move around on a regular basis. If you heard that episode, you know that Colleen inspired me to restart my running habit, which is finally back in full force. Uh, Running is something I've done all of my life up up until the last, I don't know, a couple of years. And um, it's, I kept sort of running and uh, occasionally running, but it, it, it reached the point where I was walking and then barely walking. But anyway, Colleen's, the conversation with Colleen that uh, he had the opportunity to hear a few weeks ago inspired me to kick it back up again. So I, I had this goal of getting in shape, good enough shape, to run five miles on my 60th birthday, which passed uh, a few weeks ago. Well, I'm happy to report that I hit the goal, ran the five miles, didn't have to be hospitalized, and I've uh, kept up a regular running and exercise schedule since then. I have to say, I've also been really encouraged by the number of you who have written or messaged me with your own stories of renewed enthusiasm for making exercise and wellness parts of your writing life. This stuff is really important, and it's just something that as we get older, it, it's easy to see how one thing leads to the next. As, as a simple example, because I'm running again on a regular basis, I'm 
able to easily notice a difference in how I feel when I'm running based on what I had to eat the day before. Too much comfort and snacky type foods, and I love comfort and snacky type foods, too much of it leads to a far less pleasant run. I'll be out there going along and it's hot down here and all of a sudden my muscles are aching and I'm having a hard time getting my breath and I'm running and struggling and wondering what the heck is going on. And then I remember those few minutes of pleasure the day before when I had the potato chips or the peanuts or, you know, what I had for dinner. Listen, I I love to eat but I need to find some balance between what's good for me and, and what I enjoy. Balance is, is not something that I've ever been really good at, so I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to find that balance here. So that's sort of next on my personal hit list is to try and get my nutritional life in order. And for those of you who are on similar journeys of your own right now, Congratulations. Keep it up and let us know how it's going for you. This getting and staying in shape business is tough and it can feel a little bit lonely. I I really appreciate hearing from you and and just hearing that that you're sort of going through the same things that I'm going through, the same struggles, the same uh, successes, which is which is wonderful. And it's great to hear that our little band of exercising authors is gaining momentum. All right, it's learning time. Here's Mike Ferrissey. Mike Ferrissey, welcome back to the Author Biz. Hey, thanks for having me back, Steve. It's great to be here again. The first time you were on the show, on the Author Biz, we've, we've talked a couple of times, but the first time you were on the Author Biz was a very popular show. People loved your minimalistic approach to book marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, did, I have noticed that uh, since that time, you have a website now. Y- yes. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I have um, a brother who was um, – uh, highly successful, this dates it, uh, a few years back in um, uh, creating websites. And he had a company and they did, oh, some big ones. I think they did NASCAR and I think the NHL, you know, that level, you know. Uh, anyway, his word was, look, yeah, have a website, but people aren't going to spend hours on it. Keep it short and sweet. Uh, so that's what I've done. You click on the website, um, there's an offer for a free download if you, you subscribe to my mailing list, and then uh, just a listing of my books. Uh, I think a one-sentence bio about me or something. Uh, you know, I'm, again, I'm the most boring guy in town, so who cares what I'm up to? Yeah, because you're busy writing all the time. But you're, you're, you're right. It is a very minimalistic website, but it, it serves the purpose. Has it done anything for you? Um, yeah, yeah. It. Um, you know, on, on a long range, um, it uh, it adds, I guess, some additional credibility, if that's the term. Uh, beyond that, um, it, hopefully it makes it easier for people to uh, obtain all my works of genius. Yes, and all the works of genius, and, and that <laughs> includes, you know, some of the non-genius work. Yeah, yes, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you should actually categorize them that way, the genius work and the non-genius work. Yeah, maybe yeah. it'll give you an extra page that way. 
<laughs> on the website. Um, another thing that you were about to do the last time we talked was to launch a new series. You had, at that time, uh, you'd written some standalone novels, and of course you have the Dev Haskell series, for which yeah. you're most famous. And, um, and, and you were about to launch this new Corridor Man series that was something that was completely different than, than Dev Haskell. So for people who maybe didn't get a chance to listen to that first interview, can you sort of describe the difference between Dev and the Corridor Man series? Sure. The, the Dev Haskell series, uh, Dev Haskell is a private investigator uh, who's, um, how would I put it, a bit of a ne'er-do-well uh, he's the type of guy everyone knew in high school, and you're curious as to what he's up to, uh, but you'd sort of like to keep your distance. Uh, you certainly wouldn't want your uh, sister or your daughter dating him. Uh, and uh, if a girl had a date with him, uh, uh, she'd wait maybe 10 years to tell all her friends. Um, you know, he's a, he's a well-meaning guy, but he's still sort of a party character. Uh, a lot of humor in the in the series. Um, he makes a lot of wrong guesses and, and bad decision, decisions, but that uh, that makes for an interesting tale. Uh, the Corridor Man uh, is uh, the chief protagonist is a gentleman by the name of Bobby Custer, and he's a disbarred attorney who uh, has his sentence uh, cut short and is uh, released and. Uh, he goes to work for a law firm, but he's um, he's initially a, a corridor man. He's the guy who uh, all gets people where they should be to give a deposition. Uh, he's delivering checks to people. He's driving people back and forth for court appearance. He's not practicing. Uh, through a series of events, uh, he gets uh, closer and closer to the upper echelons in a law firm, uh, and um, the more he becomes involved, the more uh, sinister things become. And it's, it, uh, pardon me, go ahead. It's, it's interesting to hear you describe the two things. It's just your, your voice. And, you know, you're, because I've read all of the Dev Haskell books, all 14 of them, I might add, and including some, uh, some additional short stories, you know, I, I always hear humor in your voice. So even when I'm hearing you describe the Corridor Man, I'm thinking funny. But they're not funny. They're, this is a completely different style of book. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And in fact, it's interesting you phrase it that way. I initially got some feedback from uh, my Dev Haskell fans who said, this isn't funny like Dev Haskell. And of course, hey, I never said it was. Uh, it was just an interesting comment, um, you know, and, and they're right. I mean, it's not. It's uh it's sinister. He's uh, he's not a nice guy. He's in it for himself, and it's it's a just a much grittier kind of thing. And and when we last <laughs> talked, you know, there there you had a plan for doing this, and I think you may have had two or three of the books already written because you had a pretty rapid launch plan for the series. Yes, yes, I did. Um, I was cranking pretty hard on those uh, at about book three. Uh, because of the feedback that it's different than Dev Haskell, I started writing under a pseudonym of Mick James, the you know nickname for Mike Mick. Mm -hmm. um, in short order, uh, I was informed through BookBub 
and and then uh, some other sites that do um, you know paid advertising. They only take an author once a month, but if you write under a pseudonym, that's acceptable, and you could theoretically get get two series or two books within the same month. Um, that said, uh, the example they gave was, um, uh, you know, J.K. Rowling uh, writes under the pseudonym uh, uh, Robert, uh, is it Galbraith? Galbraith, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they used that as an example and said, you know, she submitted that as J.K. Galbraith. We may say no because of the J.K. And then I thought, huh, Mike, Mick, so I change it to Nick with the letter N, like nitwit, uh, <laughs> and uh, have uh, have gone forward with that. So Nick James is the pseudonym I use for that series. Uh, I, w- I would also mention that uh, when I changed the name and re- redid the covers, uh, redid all the information on Amazon and stuff, I have not heard from anyone who who gets the series and the series is doing very well. I don't know if people didn't pick up on it or just thought, oh, boy, here he goes, you know. But uh, anyway, it seems to be working real well, so not a complaint. Uh, It was funny. I think I got an email from you or something, and it it just caused me to go and check it. I'm like, wait a minute. Who is this Nick James guy, and and when did you do this? And I had to go back to be sure and look at some of the copies of the Corridor Man series that I already had, and it had – Mike Pharisee as the author on there. So I, it wasn't clear to me when you had done that. So was it was it with book three or after book three? Uh, it was just after book three. And then as book four came out, just prior to that, well, essentially at the same time, I changed it all to Nick. Okay. And it, when, when you and I communicated via email about the possibility of this show, the, the BookBub thing was, was really paramount in your mind. Uh, people who, who may not have listened to the first interview or maybe don't follow you on, on social media or, or, you know, surely anyone who's a mystery and thriller writer and, and gets BookBub is, is used to seeing you on a regular basis on yeah. BookBub. Yeah, I've been very fortunate that they've... you are a very regular user of, of BookBub, and it seems like that's been very effective for you. Yes, it it, it has. Um, uh, particularly, um, I can I can really track it in the Corridor Man series because they should be read in order. Uh, you know, Dev Haskell. Yes, it's a series, but each book in the series is essentially a standalone. Uh, although they're numbered, uh, you know, case one, two, three, four. You can read them in any order. Uh, the Corridor Man series, that is not the case. They've got, you should start with the first one and work your way through it. Um, so when I uh, uh, offered my first uh, uh, book bub uh, or Corridor Man in, in uh, book bub, um, oh, I think we moved, um, geez, I don't know, uh, 45 or 50,000 uh, downloads in a I think 48 hours. Uh, from there on, there was just a huge bounce in uh, number two, number three, number four. You could see it just progress like that. It was really great. So uh, well worth it. And it's well, probably what you expected because you've been doing the same thing since almost since the beginning, it seems like, for the uh, for the dev series. I can't ever remember a time when I've gone a couple of months and haven't seen uh, one of your books on, on a book, Bob. 
Yeah, yeah. As I say, I've been very fortunate uh, for BookBub. Um, I, I wish, uh, I wish there were some um, some other alternatives in the uh, in the offing, but uh, they command such a presence and and uh, really dwarf anyone else that I've been able to uh, get on board with. Uh, as as far as offering an ad and and then getting uh, such fantastic results, I don't know if you've seen this, uh, Mike, but there's uh, some of the other sites that are doing this are starting to shut down because Amazon's shutting down their affiliate relationships. I think I just read uh, Pixel of Ink yes. and uh, uh, someone else I forget who. Yeah, there, yeah. Were, there were two, and I think the fussy librarian is is going through uh, a change of of business plan. Of course, BookBub has a, a they make a lot of money from authors paying for ads, so they're they're yeah. not relying primarily on on affiliate revenue. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with BookBub. It seems like they would be fine, but I I don't know. It's it's certainly uh, all of this is is certainly a, a warning shot across the bow for the sites that do this. Yeah, and they've just started. BookBub has just started. Oh, I think within the last thirty days or so. And offer a, a, a quick blurb ad or something. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm curious to see how that that works. I haven't uh, been involved with that yet, but uh, we'll see. Now, one of the things that's interesting about your use of BookBub, at least to me, it's like we all know the stories of the authors who, um, you know, put the first book in the series on BookBub. You yeah. you rotate through your books where. Yeah. Most of your books have been a BookBub special at one time or another. Yeah, they have. Um, you know, Steve, um, let's see, I've got 14 books in the Deb Haskell series. Um, probably uh, 11 or 12 of them have been in BookBub. I'm still of the opinion that, um, let's just use a round number and, and, and say, uh, uh, by the way, all my, all my offers have been free in BookBub. So, um are there people out there waiting just to get a freebie from me? Yeah, probably. Um, I don't know how many. I do believe that if I'm um, if if I have a, a result of let's say forty thousand free downloads, I firmly believe that represents thirty thousand people who probably haven't heard from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it just is worth it to me to, to get out there and hopefully catch them, uh, and they enjoy the read, and they'll come back for more. And uh, in such a way that um, you know they're not going to wait for my next free book. They're uh, they're going to go online, and uh, you know for less money than a a, a beer, you can get uh, six, seven, eight hours of enjoyment uh, reading one of the books. Right, and I, I'll say that for me as a reader, I kept seeing your books in BookBub, and had never I'd never read one of them. And then I think I think maybe I, I don't know where I saw one of your short stories. I don't know if it was a BookBub, probably not. It may have been just something that you posted on Facebook, and it's like short story. That's not a big commitment. I'll download this and finally get to read something that Mike has written, and I read it and I loved it. And then all of a sudden, like the next day, there was a free BookBub, so I got that. And after, I don't know, after a period of, a fairly short period of time, I had three or four of your books and I hadn't paid for any of them. And I just, all of a sudden I felt guilty because I was really enjoying them. And so I started buying them. Terrific. Um, Terrific. But I, I suspect I'm not alone in that because there is, 
a lot of times we'll just download the books because they're free and maybe we'll get sure. to them and maybe we won't. And then you do read one and you go, oh, I, look, I have another one of those and I'll read that. And, you know, they're just immensely enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad you said that. Um, they're, they're, I have to tell you, I have a good time writing them. I really do. I mean, I wake up in the morning and I'm eager to get to work uh, writing. I just love it. I, I'm very blessed to, to, to be able to have uh, something that I enjoy. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Now, it, it was interesting to me the way you launched the Corridor Man series to to the dev readers because oh, – I, I don't know it, – it, I don't know if you put it in all your books at one time or in a few of the books at, at one time. At the end of the book, there'd be the beginning of The Quarter Man. Yeah. And, and so you'd have the opportunity to read that. And if you didn't get it in that book, you'd get it in the next dev book. Uh, right. So, so how did you do that? Did you put it in all of them or just some of them? I, I, I put it in all of them. Uh, again, uh, because the dev books can be read in any order, essentially they're standalone – uh, I put uh, 36 chapters of, the, of Corridor Man number one uh, in the back of all the dev books um, and, and left it at uh, a bit of a cliffhanger. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, first, uh, the first book in the series, I'm setting some groundwork. And so uh, you've got to read a few chapters to get things laid out. And, um, you know, to end it there, it just, I don't know, if, my, my thought was, Oh, geez, I, I don't know if I'd pick up this book uh, just just based on the first four or five chapters. Uh, so I, I really wanted to hopefully hook people. And, and it seems to have worked very well. Uh, the other thing I've done in that series is uh, it ends, uh, each book ends as a, as a cliffhanger. And then um, I immediately have the first... Uh, eight or ten chapters of the following uh, book in the series so that you, you're you not left I mean, you're left hanging, but turn the page and, and there it is, uh, the sequel uh, that, that sort of begins to wrap things up and then leaves it again as a, as a cliffhanger. Uh, and that's worked very well. Let's talk for a minute about... Um if you were to do this again today, say, you know, we spin forward, uh, you're getting ready to launch the quarter man today and you know, or, or let's say you've done the quarter man and life is as it is, and mm -hmm. you're getting ready to launch a new series. Would you do anything differently than you did, uh, with, with, with the quarter man series? Well, y yes and no. Uh, um, what I've done with the, uh, well, the last, Let's see the last, yeah, the last book number four in the Corridor Man series, and I've got actually uh, number five in Corridor Man coming out at the end of this month, and I'm doing it again, and I've done it with uh, two books in the Dev Haskell series. Uh, to the people on my mailing list, I send them an announcement that for the next seventy-two hours, you can get you know the new release. Uh, but by the way, I don't do any pre-release now. Okay. So in 72 hours, you can get the new release. And if you order it in 72 hours, uh, you'll also get uh, a free download um, of, a, of a short story in the series. Uh, that short story at the end of 72 hours is available uh, you know, for a modest fee, but it's not free. Uh, that has worked very, very well for me. And in fact, has uh, actually... Um, 
overtaken the numbers I was doing in, in uh, pre-release. Uh, and, um, you know, and, and it's all come through over the course of uh, 72 hours. So my numbers on Amazon look that much better as opposed to doing a pre-release, say, for 30 days or 60 days. And and since I'm on your email list, I see these things and I, I see what you're doing. And, and in the past, I've seen things where you're promoting a new release of a book and it's 99 cents for the, the readers on your list. And that obviously goes away in a very short period of time. But the readers on the list get a great deal. It, it drives you up in the rankings and then the price goes up. But this is a way for you to get more money from those of us on the list by offering a little bit more value and, and accomplishing the yeah. same goals. Yeah, it, exactly. And as I say, it's, it's worked pretty well. Uh, it's, it's allowed for some... Uh, uh, sleepless nights, nights, just cranking out a short story after uh, after doing the uh, you know the sequel, um, just just to get the thing done and out there. I'm I'm uh, I'm a, f- a fan of uh, uh, writing the next book and hopefully making it better than the one before and getting it out there. Yeah, the last time we talked, that's sort of your marketing plan. Is yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. got BookBub, and you're always writing the next book, and it's never very far behind the, the current book. No, no. I mean, usually when I finish, when when I send something off to the editor, or my editor on the on on either the Dev Haskell or the Corridor Man series, the next morning I'm on uh, another book. You know, starting out. Um, that's just the way it goes. And I I I write seven days a week. As I say, I'm, I'm the most boring guy in town, but it, but it seems to be working. Do you have a an expected release schedule in your own mind? Like, I, I want to release every two months? Because that's sort of what it seems like to me as, as one of your readers. It's it's like it's every couple of months there's a new Mike Ferrissey book. Yeah, you uh, loosely stated, yes. Um, having said that, I really don't hold – I know some guys, and they're very successful at it um, – uh, hold themselves to dates, you know, it'll be out on the fifteenth uh, of September or something. Uh, I don't set a date. I'll I'll be somewhat vague, uh, uh, probably a, a specific month, and you know, once in a while I fudge that, but uh, it usually works. I, I, about two months is is about right. And is that one of the reasons that you don't do pre-orders, or or did you just decide you wanted to try this other thing and and see how it worked? I wanted to try the other thing and just see how it worked, and it, it, it worked really well for me. So I was really pleased with that. And uh, how's how's the sell through then of the, after the seventy two hours is over on the on the standalone short story? Um, that that works pretty well, surprisingly. Um, I have a lot of people. I, I mean, I I think that, you know the short stories are. Uh, uh, out there for ninety nine cents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who probably sample them just to well, like you said, you did. Yes, mm-hmm. just to see. Uh, well, okay, I'll try this, and it's it's not a large investment of uh, either time or money, and hopefully they like it, and uh, away they go. I don't know if this is the most recent short story or not, but it's uh, the dance, and that yeah. was something that was really different for for this is a Dev Haskell short yeah. story, and it was really it uh, really different, and for people who had read the entire Dev Haskell series to read this book. It was just sort of a wonderful little story. I, I suspect if people, if that's the only thing they've ever read of Dev, they might get a slightly different uh, opinion of who he is. 
<laughs> well, he has his nice moments. <laughs> this this was he's always a nice guy, but this was uh, you know a, a shining star, nice guy moment at at the, the tail end of that story. But I really enjoyed that one. Oh, great! I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, a little bit of uh, uh, what would I say? Uh, some personal history in there, but yes. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed doing that. That was fun. That was fun. Your mailing list, are you still getting, when we last talked, the, the overwhelming majority of the additions to your mailing list come through the front or back of your books? Um, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and that is, uh, uh, I, in fact, I don't even call it my mailing list, Steve. What I do is I, uh, in the back of the book, I say, you know, to, uh, to download a free copy of, of the, the novel uh, Bang, B-A-N-G, you know, click here and send me your uh, email address. I'll get a copy to you right away. Uh, And that signs up for my mailing list. Um, I have, uh, oh, I think daily I'm I'm picking up, um, oh, I don't know, anywhere from uh, 5 to 15 names, depending. Really? Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's worked real well for me. Uh, Actually, I'm going to update that and and probably have – uh, the bang is a free Dev Haskell story. I'm going to have a free Corridor Man one in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, hopefully uh, entice a few more people. Okay, to... so sort of a, the starter library idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And is exactly. Bang is Bang a short story? I I haven't read Bang because I've been on yeah. your mailing list for too long. I didn't get the freebie. Oh, I'll send you one. Uh, yeah, it's um, it, it's a short story. Um, another work of genius and. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's uh, uh, an entertaining uh, introduction to Dev. Now, it's it's interesting because I've I've heard other people who have said, and some of whom are quoted experts, quoted all around the internet, that giving away a short story isn't good enough anymore. You've got to give away a novel or two novels or five novels or whatever it may be. But it sounds to me like you're having a lot of success by just giving away th- this this free Dev Haskell short story. Yeah, I think um, it's it's interesting. Um, all my books are are in KDP Select, so they're available only on Amazon. So I'm not on uh, iTunes or Barnes and Noble or Kobo or anything like that. What what, um, what I used to do was my the first book in my Dev Haskell series, Russian Roulette, was available for free. I took that off free and uh, have it priced. And I saw no no difference in you know um, movement. Uh, the, the numbers were still doing very nicely. The other thing that's happened is again with Amazon Prime uh, and and all my books in KB, KDP Select, uh, people uh, download them for free, and I get a page count payment. Right. Um, that has been very successful for me. And uh, ha- what what do, do you know? What percentage of on a monthly basis? What percentage is KDP page reads, and and what percentage are new sales? Um, right now, I would say it's about um, oh sixty five percent page reads. Okay, and you, these are full length novels, so it's a lot of pages. Yeah. It's not like it's it's a thirty page short story. It's it's a full length novel, and and in a lot of cases, there's. There's uh, a promotion for either the next book in the series or something else that you're working on at the end. Absolutely. And in fact, Steve, where, where I get the most number of page reads are my box sets. 
um, I'll have over a hundred thousand pages in a number of my box sets that, that, you know, it's, it's either three books or one of them is uh, one, one through eight. So those work real, real well. And it's, how do you, I've always been curious about this. I'll see things and, and for people who have, have built a little bit of a catalog, you'll see the first two books in a book, in a, in a box set, and then the first three books in a box set and the first, how do you decide how to, how to package them? Um, I made it real simple. I have uh, one through three, and then I think I have uh, you know four, five, six, and then I have one through eight, and then I have uh, or one through seven, and then I have eight, nine, and ten. So okay, so that's you know. one, two, three, four, four different box sets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and now that you're up to fourteen, you've got to do something else. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I, I like to. I'd like to have a oh five or six out there that are not in a box set, so that's kind of my my deal. You know, Steve, it's 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 the same old thing. It it seems like every month someone is out there with another great greatest idea since sliced bread on how to market, and and you know they they work, but eventually we all jump on board, and then it it, it sort of loses its effect. Um, and, and then I'm back to just write the next book and get it out there. I think that that's what drew so many people to the last interview that, you know, your common sense approach to, I'm going to do what works. I'm, I may try some of these other things, but what works, it keeps working. So I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't mean to suggest I wouldn't, uh, take a look at uh, whatever the latest uh, great idea is and, and probably try it. You know, God love it if it works. Now, one of the things that you haven't tried, and I don't know whether we talked about this last time or not, but it seems like it could work for you, uh, but it, would, it obviously takes time to do it, is audiobooks. Because I, I, I would think as a listener, if you could find the right narrator for Dev, uh, that would be very popular. Have you, you know, have you considered it, and why haven't you done it? Um, uh, yes, I have considered it. Uh, the reason I haven't done it, frankly, is just a time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I would dearly love to. And if I, if I did it, to tell you the truth, I'd probably just start at the beginning of the series and, uh, try and have one done a month or a week or, you know, whatever it amounts to. Um, my, my sense is that sales have not been that great on audio books. Does that ring true with? It's, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, we have a closed AuthorBiz Facebook group. You are part of that group. Yeah. And there was a uh, there was a thread. Someone had asked a question about, you know, I'm thinking about doing an audio book. What do I do? And there were a lot of great responses in there. And someone said, this would make a great episode. And I I was thinking to myself, I only know of one indie author that sells a lot of audio books. I, yeah. I know of a lot of people who have written a lot of books and they have one audio book or two audio books or even an audio book for all of their books, but they only have like a couple of reviews and they're not really making any money with it. So it, exactly. it, it does sort of ring true to me. I know there are people that are that are doing it. Chris Fox, for example, who's been a guest on the show a couple times, he writes science fiction-y type stuff and nonfiction for writers and he sells a ton of audio books, but he's the only one I know. Yeah, yeah that that uh, that mirrors my perception, uh, and and the the little bit of discussion I've had with people. 
and it, it's not just you know there there is this sense that I need to spend some time finding the right narrator, and then I just give them the material, and they do this. It, there's is, there's more to it than that. You have to you have to go through it. it, it it's a lot of time to listen to this and critique it and and offer suggestions and and do all of that, especially if you have fourteen books. So it is a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes time away from what you do to market your books, which is to write the next one. Yep, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so if someone's out there now listening to this show, let's say they've got a half dozen books in a series and they're thinking about writing something different, a different series in uh, a different genre, either completely different or slightly different. I'd say in your case, yours was slightly different. Yeah. Uh, what would your advice to them be? Um, my advice would be, uh, if, if it's really going to be a different genre, I'd at least suggest that they, uh, they at least consider using a pseudonym. I would also possibly suggest, or possibly have them consider writing maybe two books, getting them out, getting one out there, and then about the time you're releasing the second one, you're finishing the third, so in a very short order of time, you've got three out there with a fourth one coming. And I know that's hard because you know you, mm-hmm. you write it, you want to get the thing out there, but it just—I mean—to to get it out there and then wait three or four months. But you know, particularly like so many of us writing, uh, you know, I, I'm blessed to be doing this full time now. But for years, I wasn't, and you know, you're doing it at night and. Uh, I didn't have little people running around at home, and uh, I had a, a self. I was self-employed, so I had some of that freedom. If if you don't have those things, and you, you know, maybe you can only crank out uh, uh, one or two books a year. Um, you know, to to get it out there and have it tread water by itself for you know twelve or fourteen months is really tough. Right, and there are so many things that that. That we'll, and, and we all know people that do this, where someone's, someone's written their first book and, you know, you put your heart and soul into these things. And then you see the way other people market their books and you say, I'm going to do this without realizing that they're marketing a book as a part of a, a long series and they're getting all the payback on the back end. If you don't have the back end, um, you're, uh, you're spinning your wheels. Yeah. And I, I, my sense would be if, if people like, let's say you have the one book. And people people like it enough. If they're sending you a comment, when's the next one out? They're serious. Yes. And if it's if it's you know a number of months, uh, they're going to move on. Okay, so let's let's say we we follow your advice and and we have two books in the two books in the can ready to go. We're working on the third, and we we've, we've got plans for the fourth. Um, is there a when you did this? Was there an expectation, a certain amount of money or sales where you said, if it doesn't do this, uh, I'm just going to kill this series and work on something else or work on things that, that are doing better? Or, or was it an open-ended thing in your mind? Uh, it was really open-ended in my mind. Uh, for starters, uh, I, I just didn't worry about, uh, about sales. I, I, I really looked. It was a labor of love. I, I enjoyed doing it, uh, and all of a sudden, I put my head up, and there were three or four books in the series, and <laughs> to keep on going. Um, 
You know, that it, um, boy, if it, that would really, I would find that really defeating if someone's out there putting a first book out and they're, they're hoping to make X amount of dollars. Uh, that's, that really is additional pressure. Um, that, yes. that, that would really be tough. Yeah. And that's, that's almost, uh, I, people do it. I mean, people write the book and, you know, a, a single book and it does really well, but it's so rare. Yeah. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Um, you know, uh, E.L. James, uh, Fifty Shades, uh, you know, great. Yes. Um, but <laughs> for the rest of us, it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's a little bit like playing Little League Baseball and assuming that you're going to make it to the major leagues. Uh, for me, it, at least it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. All right, one last question, and then I will let you go. You have oh. this mailing list that's growing by 5 to 15 people a day. Do you segment it all based on... Uh, what readers are buying, or, no. or or how they how they signed up? No, I don't. Uh, I'm I'm about to do that, but I have not. Uh, I have not done that. I'm about to segment into the Corridor Man versus uh, the Dev Haskell series. Okay, and what what do you hope to accomplish by doing that? I think. Um, Maybe designing my uh, my release ads uh, a little more s- specifically to that particular audience. So obviously the the, the people who read Corridor Man, uh, you know, it's more violent, uh, gritty. Um, that's kind of they're they're going to be a little darker ad than the Dev Haskell. Okay, all right, that makes perfect sense. Mike, it, it's always a pleasure to chat with you, and I look forward to seeing your daily humorous post on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I never know what it's going to be, but I always look forward to seeing it. And because I click that like button every day, it means I get to see the next one. Great, great. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's great talking to you. Mike, where can people find – what's the best place for people to find you online? Uh, best place, uh, one of two things, e- either on Facebook under my name, Mike Pharisee, F-A-R-I-C-Y, or my website, MikePhariseeBooks.com. All right. Thank you, sir. It's uh, Again, it's always a pleasure, and uh, all the best to you. I can't wait to see uh, what's coming next. Thanks, Steve. The pleasure's been all mine. Thank you very much.